With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome back to 12 Pack Radio, your podcast source for Pac-12 football news. This is Brian Conger, the host of Wildcat Radio. You can follow the podcast for free on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, you name it. We are there. You can also follow the podcast for free on Twitter. Uh, 12PAC Radio, 12 Pack Radio. And you can listen to the podcast for free on our website, wildcatradioaz.com, where we have a ton of different content. We have our survivor pool up there, which you should join. Uh, we have written content. We have all of our podcasts posted there covering the Pac 12 and Arizona football. We are excited. This is week one, and bear with us a little bit. We're kind of uh, tooling a li- around a little bit with the different uh, sound and with uh, the different formats. So what we're going to do, basically, every week we're going to preview uh, the games that are coming up and, of course, review the games that happened. Obviously, the games haven't started yet, so we're just doing our preview. And um, we kind of cut a, p- a portion of this podcast from uh, Wildcat Radio, and we're trying to figure out how to fine-tune it. So I think the content is really good. The sound is a little different because we're kind of... Of goofing around with different microphones so bear with us this is kind of like the pilot program for the first week just know it will get better because uh the show that we have a wildcat radio is quite good and we want to make sure that that quality moves over to the the 12 pack radio podcast so uh thanks for being patient with us one other thing to mention, after we go through our sleazy bet segment where we go through all of the Pac-12 spreads and, and, and whatnot, uh, stay tuned because the guys at the Dog Pod, which is a Washington podcast that we really like, uh, they broke down the basically the premier game this week, which is Auburn versus Washington, and I thought it was quite good. So basically, we asked them, hey, can we just use your podcast <laughs> on ours? And then they said that was fine. Um, so stay tuned after our picks to uh, get a full breakdown from a Washington standpoint on what's going on with that game and you can follow them on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn Radio as well. So uh, definitely pay attention to them. With that said, let's get into some sleazy bets. Hey, um, can I get some Pac-12 gambling advice up in here? Is William Shatner? You want it? Pac-12 gambling lines? You got it. Nice. You want it? Baby, just bust a move. Okay. First game, Thursday, 5 p.m. Pacific time on the Pac-12 network. This is crazy, man. I can't believe we're like three or four days until college football season, depending on when you listen to this. Weber State takes on Utah. And I, basically what we're going to do is, again, go to Wildcat Radio AZ. Check out like the the Rob's numbers on each game. They, they are quite good. And those radar graphs are excellent. I really like them a lot. It shows you kind of where the deficiencies are. With that said, he doesn't cover FCS, and, and that's fine. I have a question for you guys because it seems like anytime we talk about a – Pac-12 team playing an FCS team, like the lower <laughs> team. We always say, oh, they're a top 25 team. I'm convinced there's only 25 teams in FCS. <laughs> <laughs> there's not a uh, broad variety, I'll put it that way. So, so Weber State, um, and what we're going to do on some of these, because we don't quite know what is going to happen, right? We, we kind of need to give it a few weeks to see what these teams are. So we're going to kind of talk about what we're going to look for um, in the games, and then we'll, we'll tell you our picks. 
So Weber State is number eight in the FCS uh, poll preseason. They hung with Cal last year. I think they only lost by about 17, and they kept that game fairly close. Yeah. Uh, their coach, Jay Hill, may be a Division One coach soon. Like that, that Weber State team was like two and nine, and now they were 11 and three or 10 and three last year. They lost to eventual runners up in the uh, FCS championship. Um, I. Look, it's again, it's still an FCS team, and Utah should be quite good this year. But I think there's a couple things that I'm looking for. I think the first is, can Tyler Huntley have a strong, productive game? And that that doesn't mean a game manager. I want him to step up and show that he can be this quarterback that Utah fans are projecting him to be and want him to be. Uh, I think that their offensive line, I have questions about that. So, obviously, Zach Moss, their running back, is going to be excellent. He's going to run for 100-plus yards. What I'm more concerned about is pass uh, defense. And whether or not they uh, like if if Utah gives up more than two sacks to Weber State, uh, that's where I'm on record of saying, OK, like this, this is still not the offensive line. I, I thought it should be. Um, and I'm worried about the defensive front, like the, the defensive seven. Can they pressure Weber State? I don't think their defensive line is all that good this year, but we'll see. I mean, normally they bring in good talent. So if they're not like if they don't have two or three tackles for a loss, like that that's a little bit worrisome obviously the game the games have to continue to progress to f- figure out what they are but yeah. those are those are some concerns i have so um rob let, let's throw it to you here what are you what are you looking for with this utah game and uh and do you have any any thoughts on weber state no i mean i think you covered it fairly well i mean the the concerns with utah are on both lines so I want to see that they can get a good push against the Weber State defensive line uh, for running the ball. Uh, and we sort of have that expectation with Utah. Um, and they need to keep, you know, Huntley, you know, pretty clean throughout the game. Um, I'd like to see, you know, the I think Utah fans went berserk last year when they played Southern Utah. Um, and they were like, look at Troy Taylor's new offense. Like, this is going to be amazing. And then the offense looked nothing like that in conference play. Mm-hmm. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, you know, FCS comes with a grain of salt, but I, 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 you, I fully expect to see, and I, we had better see that same kind of fireworks, um, you know, from this offense against that kind of team. Um, and then they, they really need to get, you know, a couple sacks, you know, some good pressure on the quarterback, uh, to give you confidence that they're going to be like, you know, some confidence that they're going to be competent, uh, when they start going up against, uh, FBS teams. What do you think, Rick? Yeah, I think um, what I'm looking at is Tyler Huntley, and I think this team's only going as far as Tyler will take them. Um, And, and, you know, is is there enough consistency that he's brought into the 2018 campaign um, to to consistently move that ball and not stall out on drives? Um, And obviously the offensive line is going to help him out with that, uh, hopefully if if, um, they have a a decent season. So um, I'm interested to see that. And, And, you know, I think my concerns are the same on defense. I don't know if I I'm you know, quite as concerned uh, with the line, the defensive line, even though they have moved um, a few new bodies in there. I, I think that they've got some pretty good coaching and a pretty good um, track record in terms of developing those guys. So um, I, I do. I think it's it's probably going to be a significant blowout. But again, I think that there's going to be little indicators um, that you guys have kind of discussed that uh, will point us in the right di- direction in terms of what. Uh, kind of potential Utah will have. Yeah, one thing to mention: this is going to be a special teams off. Yeah, Utah mm-hmm. has uh, Mitch Wisnowski, which we did a whole preview on uh, on Wildcat Radio AZ, who's an excellent punter. They have an excellent kicker. They could have they could win the best punter and best kicker in the world, basically for <laughs> <laughs> awards this year on the same team. And uh, and Weber State returns, I think, four uh, conference All Americans on special teams. So like. 
just it punts into the one yard line over and over and over again. I just want to point out that that only on this podcast will you find analysis on Weber State special teams. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, uh, Utah's. I mean, as good as their kickers are, their coverage units weren't as good as they should have been last year, and it mm-hmm. drug down their special teams ranking. So, um, you know, I'd like to I'd like to see some better coverage out of their coverage units as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, so unfortunately, there is no line on this game, but um, one player to look out for on uh, Weber State is number fifty eight. Uh, his name is LeGrant Toya. Uh, he is a preseason All-American, like national and FCS level. So he's quite good. Um, but I, do you guys all have Utah winning? I can't see a scenario yeah. where they lose. Yes. Okay. yes. They're not Washington State. They should win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Moving on, we have um, Friday, 6 o'clock p.m. Pacific time on Fox Sports 1. San Diego State plays Stanford. San Diego State is a 14-and-a-half-point underdog against Stanford. They re- they lose Richard Penny, who was quite good. But one of the things that was interesting, I was kind of like reading some uh, updates on what's going on at San Diego State. They got this kid, Juwan Washington, who had 127 carries for 750 yards and seven touchdowns, and he averaged six yards a carry as a reserve. He's good, and all the coaches like are basically said, yeah, yeah, we're, we're fine. <laughs> like which which that how impressive is that to be any program much less one that isn't a power five conference to say oh yeah we lost a sharp penny but like we should be good yeah um so they have yeah. a really good uh running back rob you know when you're looking at san diego state i have some more notes here but i want to make sure everybody like gets gets in on this uh what do you think about san diego state what should we be looking for so i actually i really like rocky long their head coach and i think that they they're going to be solid defensively. Like they're, they're very good at fundamentals. Um, they know how to play within that three, three, five system. He's been running it a really long time. He recruits to it. Well, um, so he's going to make, and not that Stanford should not be able to line up and run and, and beat them, but he's going to make Stanford work for it. Um, so this, this is not going to be just show up and walk all over group of five, you know, defense uh, for Stanford, although Stanford's offense could be good enough to where it's going to look like that. Um, but take that into account. I mean, if Stanford just shows up and blows the doors off San Diego state's defense, like Rocky long has a history of putting very competent units out there. Um, but offensively, this should be a really interesting look. I mean, if, if San Diego State's able to put up, you know, almost 30 points is a good is a good measure of this um, or even 21 points, say, on the Stanford defense, it could that could be bad. I mean, the Stanford's defense is the big question mark for this team. Um, we project a big I mean, better beta rank projects a big jump because of how well they've recruited. But uh, lots of question marks. Yeah. One, well, how quickly we forget that SDSU won last year, uh, 20 to 17 um, down in San Diego. And I think yeah. I, you know, and, and I kind of alluded to this when we did our previews, um, you know, for uh, the season win totals. Um, you know, Stanford, to me, on offense outside of Bryce Love is still a question mark. And, you know, Brian you know, alluded to the fact that they have a great offensive line coming back. Totally agree. Uh, but from the from the quarterback position, can they get enough consistency, uh, you know, similar to Utah to to kind of propel them um, to the upper echelon of the Pac-12? And, you know, when I look at this game, you know, San Diego State returns a lot of those pieces on defense. Rocky Long's a tremendous coach. I think it's going to be a dogfight. And I think that, uh, you know, Stanford's, you know, got a, got a lot on their hands with San Diego State coming up. I don't think that San Diego State is going to win, but I think it's going to be a, a close, well-contested uh, game. Yeah, and it's a good matchup. So Stanford's secondary should be quite good this year. Their front, uh, their their defensive line, I want because their linebackers should be fairly good. Their defensive line is I don't think they're going to be that great. And I know Rob's Baderink has their defense a little higher. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that, 
there's just a lot of question marks on there, particularly they lost Solomon Thomas and Harrison Phillips. Mm -hmm. And those guys were monsters. So what I think you'll see is San Diego state run the ball a ton and get points. And I think they're going to keep it close enough. I'm with you, Rick. I think they're going to lose, but I think they're going to cover. So give Mm -hmm. me San Diego state. Who are you taking Rob? Uh, that's a, that's a lot of points. Um, but I just, I, I actually, I don't think that, I think the, the Sandy or the Sanford offense is going to cover, uh, help them cover. Okay. Okay. And then, um, just from, uh, my perspective, I think, uh, I think San Diego state's going to going to cover and I think they're going to keep it close. I think, um, what I look at in this game is whether or not Bryce love has at least 150 yards and two plus touchdowns. Um, and if they are able to somewhat keep him in check and don't allow a lot of those explosive runs, um, it could be pretty tight heading into the fourth quarter. Yeah, I, I was just thinking mm-hmm. that number, that 150 yards for for this game. If Love's around 150 yards, that means Costello's going to have to pick up a lot. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one player to look out for on San Diego State is uh, safety Tariq uh, Thompson. Five interceptions, 63 tackles, four passes for uh, – let me try that again. One player to keep a lookout for is safety Tariq Thompson on San Diego State. Five interceptions, 63 tackles, four passes broken up, three tackles for a loss as a freshman. <laughs> Monster. He is quite good. He's a freshman All-American. He's number 14, so keep a lookout for him in that secondary. Okay, it's Friday, 6.30 p.m. Pacific on CBS Sports Network. Oh, I'm sorry. Stanford Mm -hmm. has a 91 percent win probability in the model. So just straight up winning Stanford should have a very good shot. (laughs) Yeah, nice. And then we'll we'll definitely use all those because those are quite uh, I think they're just really interesting. Um, Okay, Friday, 630 Pacific CBS Sports Network, Colorado versus Colorado State. Colorado is a seven and a half point favorite now after the Colorado (laughs) State game where they got boat raced by Hawaii. 14 point swing. Yeah. (laughs) Rob, you watched that game. Uh, I did not. So, I mean, I have some stuff on them, but give us a breakdown of Colorado State here. So, I mean, it was really a tale of two halves. I mean, Hawaii came out just, I mean, looking like they had, like their their big staff changes they had really paid dividends. um, And their quarterback just was lighting up Colorado State on both, uh, on both the run and the pass. Um, Hawaii switched back to a run and shoot and it looked really good. Um, but in the second half, uh, the Rams turned it around, um, Carter Samuels, who was a longtime, uh, Husky up at Washington, um, threw for, I believe over 500 yards or or close to 500 yards, five touchdowns, one interception, um, the Rams slowed, you know, figured out, made some adjustments and figured out ways to slow down Hawaii, although Hawaii was able to put up enough points in the end to salt the game away. Um, the Rams came out guns ablazing in the second half. And I, I don't know that, uh, I don't know at the end of the year that, uh, you know, the model thought Colorado state should have won that game, uh, heading in and so did Vegas. Um, but I don't know at the end of the year that when we look at all the data, um, that it won't look like an early season blip for the Rams. Uh, they looked a lot better in the second half. Yeah, it's interesting. Obviously, they lost their starting quarterback. They have KJ uh, Carter Samuels now. They lost one of the best wide receivers in the country last year, and they lost a 1,300-yard rusher. So they had some really good pieces on that offense last year. And I remember we might have actually previewed this, Rick, last year. Yep. We're going like, oh, snap, this like this mm-hmm. team could move the ball a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, how was, their, how was their defense once they kind of figured it out, Rob? Uh, they were better. Um, they were – they they really – I mean, it's not that they were great in the second half. They just figured out, I mean, they, they got Hawaii into some third and longs. Um, 
you know, that, and they force some more incompletions that run and shoot offense. Um, when it's rolling can be quite hard to slow down. And, uh, Colorado state looked like they were really struggling as they were playing, uh, in nickel and dime coverage, uh, covering those four wide receivers. Cause, uh, Hawaii was coming out, uh, almost always in uh, 10 personnel. So, um, it, it really puts stress on your, your defense to be going that deep into your defensive backs. Yeah. And I, you know, in in watching that game, Rob, it's one of those early season matchups where, you know, you go into it with with not a whole lot of expectation and then come out of it and go, wow, is Hawaii going to be a really good team this year Um, (laughs) or is Colorado State just that bad? And I think what we might end up finding out is that Hawaii was actually a much better team than any of us anticipated um, and and could surprise a lot of people uh, this year. So I'm interested to see, um, you know, kind of how Colorado State, I think, stacks up. uh, you know, especially on the lines um, with them. I and you know, I think Carter Samuels. You know, he was in the Washington program for three years and transferred over. And I think that, you know, having to acclimate to a new system, acclimate to new people, um, I think that there's there's going to be a little bit of a breaking uh, in period. And um, I would expect them to, to play a tight game uh, with Colorado. And, and um, I, I'm actually interested to see how Colorado handles, uh, you know, seeing them, uh, you know, again, this year after beating them 17 to three last year um, and, and whether or not that they're going to have um, any offense to to kind of throw against uh, uh, that that matchup yeah that's yeah. the that's the thing i'm looking for it's who are the starting wide receivers on this team i know our friends at the free ball and podcast which is an excellent podcast covering the um i should mention the utah man podcast we went through a whole utah <laughs> thing you didn't even mention those guys are awesome and they, they do a great job breaking down the game um our, our friends at free ball and podcast really like this wide receiving core they think they're quite good so it'll be interesting to see if they can actually step up because they have a good quarterback behind there uh throwing to them and then whether or not trayvon mcmillan is like good mm-hmm. so he was the transfer yeah. from virginia tech who came came over after they lost Philip Lindsay and uh, his numbers regressed year after year is probably because he had fewer touches, but it is a statistical point just to say like, okay, this, he didn't win the job over at Virginia tech. He's over at Colorado. Now uh, I'm also worried about that defensive line. Are they, is Colorado going to put any pressure on Colorado state? Yeah. I mean like at all, because that was such a bad defensive line. They gave up so many yards on the ground, but I do think that highlights, I mean, there is a decent matchup here. This is why I'm taking Colorado, because Colorado's secondary is quite good. So I think they can shut down the pass, and it'll all just depend on the run. And I just think Colorado's going to put up more points than they need to to win this game. Give me Colorado. What do you think, Rob? Yeah, I'll take Colorado. The model's got them roughly where you would think a 10-point favorite would be um, with a 71% win probability um, or 76% win probability. Colorado just has more talent. I mean, it's not by a ton than Colorado state. Um, but I like, yeah, I, I like Colorado to win this game over, over Colorado state. And yeah, I'll take Colorado as well, uh, basically for the reasons that I just listed. But um, I, you know, g- given what I saw at a Colorado State, um, you know, I think that it's going to be uh, it's going to be tough sledding for them. And you're probably looking at more of like a uh, 14, 10 to 14 point spread. OK, yeah, that's fair. Um, <laughs> Saturday, <laughs> nine in the morning, if you want to uh, get up for it, uh, Pacific. Uh, kegs and eggs. Kegs and eggs. Lots and of alcohol. Will be I, I may be going to this game in person. Oh, oh my God. I'm sorry to hear that. Well, <laughs> well the good it's, news, it's not 9 a.m. my time. I mean, if I'm, yeah, well, well, the good I live news in Columbus. Is, 
Rob, you got it starts at noon your time. So by the time yeah. you get out of there, it should be like one thirty because what's the point in staying past halftime? <laughs> yeah. No, well my sister my sister's gonna be in town and she went to Oregon State oh. and it's like she wanted she wanted for a long time wanted to name her dog Mike Riley mm. so that she could talk to the dog during the game and call it Mike Riley. Mm. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> of course, we're talking about Oregon State versus Ohio State. They, the freaking the Beavers go into the horseshoe and play one of the most talented teams in the country. This spread is thirty-seven. Uh, I hate these high spreads. Yeah. I know, Rob, your numbers probably bear out. Like, by the way, what does your number say in terms of the probability of Oregon State winning this game? Can you have a zero probability? You can't. I mean, so that's. I mean, I, 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 I. The term for it in data is I censor the data essentially at the top. So there, college football actually has a ton of games between teams that are highly, highly unequal, like Ohio State and Oregon State. Oddly enough, um, and uh, there, there are like there are something like six hundred and some of these games in the data I have. Um, there have been in those six hundred games less than I think there's only been twelve upsets. <laughs> so. Mm. Um, Ohio State has a 98.54 win probability. I never want to put it as like because if I say one, it's a certainty, and I, I don't believe yeah. Yeah. In, in throwing that out there. So I could break up those 600 games even and chunk them out further and say like, you know, Oregon State has no shot. But I mean, barring some complete miracle. <laughs> Oregon State has no shot. <laughs> so basically what you're saying is the the data is so bad it required the hand of God to come in and intervene <laughs> and take it away from them. I mean this would be a this would be a bigger upset than Stanford upsetting that USC team. Like that's what? Ohio State projects un like incredibly good this year and Oregon State projects incredibly bad. Um and I, I mean maybe Jonathan Smith, the new Oregon State coach, is the next Jim Harbaugh, but I don't. I don't even know what positives I could tell you that the Beavers should look for in this game. I mean, it's it's going to be so unequal. Rob, you know what would be fascinating is comparing the chances that Appalachian State had against Rich Rod's Michigan team and this oh. game, and to see where that would stack up. Because I kind of feel like Appalachian State might have had a higher win probability. So that now you're, you're asking me to go back and buy seasons <laughs> worth of data that I haven't bought. <laughs> and you don't have to. I'm just saying it would be. It, which I don't do be because I don't want to get into running. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it wasn't Rich Rodriguez. It was Lloyd Carr. They still had him oh, there. Yeah. Was, that, was that was the that was the end of Lloyd Carr. Lloyd Carr. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. But no, I mean this would this if if Oregon State somehow miraculously it should qualify as one of the biggest upsets in college football history. Like. Yeah. I'm actually going to take Oregon State. Uh, well, it's 37. I mean, like, I'm not going to take them to win. But like, <laughs> 37 points is a lot of points. Um, I do think that there's uh, there's two factors that you have here. You have the the garbage backdoor touchdowns. You have the second string of Oregon State of uh, Ohio State, which is probably better than Oregon State, but at least it's the second <laughs> string that's going to be playing. Um, I think they might come out you know, ready to go just because they have this new coach. It's, you know, like you have the whole season, all that stuff. I think that actually will play a factor a little bit. Give me, give me the points. I'll take 37. What do you think, Rob? I'm going to take Ohio state to, to cover. I think that uh, Ohio state comes out mad and I wish that uh, they were mad for a better reason, but I think yeah. they come out mad. I was, I watched a game last year at Ohio stadium when uh, Ohio state mauled Michigan state by like 30 some points. Um, 
I Michigan State was far better than this Oregon State team. I just I I think it's gonna it's gonna be really loud. It's gonna pile on. I think the Beavers are gonna get dispirited. It's gonna feel really early. <laughs> and I'm I'm with Rob too on this one. And I think J.K. Dobbins uh, for as long as he's in there, he'll probably have you know four touchdowns, three touchdowns. I would assume. Um, so uh, yeah. yeah, I'll take Ohio State big um, to cover that. Poor poor guys of the damn podcast. We just had Marcus Greaves on the podcast, <laughs> and he's, he's all fired up. And and like and, and I thought he did a great job breaking them down. So good luck to you guys. Um, th- do not do not rest your season on this game, Oregon State fans. You know there are plenty of other fish in the sea after this. Nevada. It's Nevada. Make or break. Yep. Yeah. There you go. Nevada's the big one. Um, Here's the speaking of the big one. We have Saturday, 1230 p.m. ABC Pacific time. Auburn versus Washington. It's the Chick-fil-A extravaganza down in Atlanta. Um, So Auburn is a two and a half point favorite in this game. Uh, Just a few facts about Auburn here because we know more about Washington and our friends at the dog pot, I think, are breaking down this game. So we'll send out that link because they do a really good job. They know that team uh, front and back. Jared Stidham uh, is the quarterback to look out for. He had 3,100 yards, 18 touchdowns, six interceptions, threw for 66% uh, completion rate. That's pretty good, particularly for a SEC quarterback. They don't yeah. they don't grow them like they used to down there. Um, but he he is going to be managing the offense. They replace four offensive linemen. Unfortunately, there's no Vita Vea on the Washington side to take advantage of that. And obviously Auburn recruits. Well, I think the one thing to keep in mind, well, there's two, the first is, uh, you know, Auburn has had a 1000 yard running back for nine seasons in a row, just them and Boise state, the only teams in the, I don't know what that means for this year, but I just think that's quite interesting. (laughs) But really the biggest thing is this defensive line. They have, they have three NFL defensive linemen uh, on, on that line on Auburn side, Derek Brown, who's number five. He is 315 pounds and he had 56 tackles and nine tackles for a loss. That is frightening. <laughs> like that is not allowed usually in college football. Uh, Dontavious Russell and Marlon Davidson. On the other side, mm-hmm. you have a really excellent Washington offensive line. So I'm, I'm really curious to see how that works out because it's a really good matchup. And, uh, and obviously we don't know if Trey Adams is going to be a hundred percent there, but he could be the best tackle in all of America if yeah. he's like fully healthy. So be really, interesting with with the uh, almost said bishop sankey <laughs> going back to old school with yeah. miles gaskin back there so rob what do your numbers say about this game and what do you think about this game so this is pitts the number seven team in the model washington against number five auburn um the tough thing is with the the model really likes the teams five through one a, a kind of a step more than it likes you know teams starting at number six um, so Auburn's got a 69% win probability in the oh, model man. in this game. Um, that roughly translates to about, you know, eight, nine points, um, that Auburn's favored. A lot of it is, is that they just, they return. Yes. The, like outside of that, I'm going on to five times right now, as you say this, Rob, by the way, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, outside, but outside of that, outside of losing the offensive lineman, they just basically bring everybody back off a team that other than really losing to Georgia was, really the second best. I mean, you can make an argument. Auburn was the second best team in the sec, if not the best team in the sec last year, they beat Bama. Um, they had that unfortunate, you know, having to go run, you know, play Georgia again. Um, you know, if you, if you ask me to pick head coaches, I'm going to take Peterson over Malzahn. I think Peterson's, 
you know, one of the best coaches in America. Not that I don't think Melzahn's great, but um, Washington's rolling out two new coordinators. Uh, Kiewitowski handed off uh, defensive uh, coordinator duties, um, and Bush Hamdan is, uh, you know, in his first year replacing Jonathan Smith. So it's not as if the, and I think, I think Peterson does a terrific job, but the Huskies are going to have some kinks to work out, I think, uh, in this game. And this just is not the game. And honestly, like this is a home game for Auburn. Like it's <laughs> it's it, I mean, it's easy driving distance from Auburn to Atlanta. Yeah, I was going to say I, I'm getting really tired of everybody saying it's a neutral site game when uh, it's right. always in the SEC territory. So, um, you know, I, I look at this game and I and I, I know I've been preaching it, but I'm going I hope to God that Washington can can put up a good fight, um, if not pull this game out. Um, and and it's really, really tough, though, to see how they're going to be able to do that uh, against uh, basically an Auburn team that returns everybody. And uh, I look at, at, you know, kind of the X factor, I think, from the Washington standpoint, and everybody at the dog pods probably screaming right now that's listening to this, but I think Jake Browning is in his senior year, first game, major college football game. This is kind of, you know, his moment to to see what he's able to do um, against, uh, you know, I would say a, a very, very strong national title contender in Auburn. And are those lines going to be able to hold up not only his offensive line, but the defensive line, um, you know, and, and even though Auburn's kind of, you know, starting brand new on that side of the ball. So um, it'll be interesting to see how it kind of plays out. The tough thing for me with Auburn getting that two and a half um, is that, you know, I'd like to take Washington and, uh, you know, potentially, um, you know, to keep it a one point game or, or even win it, um, you know, by three. But uh, I think Auburn's just too strong in this game. It's a 1230, which is a 930 on the Pacific Standard yeah, Time kickoff, which is brutal. Um, and Arizona, obviously, will have the same thing with Houston uh, this week, too. So um, I'm going to go ahead and take uh, Auburn to cover that. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, we need to pull for Washington as Pac-12 fans and all band together and, and hope that they do well because uh, it could be a rough year um, in terms of national perception if, if they don't. The other thing is, who's Browning going to throw to? Mm. I mean, yeah. their wide receiving core is not proven at all. You have, uh, uh, what's the Chico McClatcher comes back, but he's like 5'7", five, 5 five pounds. Like, he is not a big guy. Yeah. It, maybe maybe it's Ty Jones that's the guy that goes goes deep, but I just don't. The, the reason I bring that up is because the, if there's one concern about Auburn, it's their secondary. But I don't think you have the wide receiving talent that's going to take advantage of that. I think this is all going to be on the ground. I mean, obviously, there's going to be throwing, and Stidham can throw, and Browning can throw, but I don't think it's going to be a, a run-and-gun you know, type of offense here. Like, it's going to be who, who can rack up the points on the ground, which is interesting because you have uh, Miles Gaskin out there and mm-hmm. Savon Ahmed, who's quite good there. But I just, I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to take Auburn. Um, I, hope, I hope Washington wins. What do you think, Rob? Yeah, I'll take I'll take Auburn. I mean, if Washington to, to cover, if Washington wins this game outright, it they they're probably in the territory they need to cause two turnovers or two unexpected stops uh against Auburn to win this game. Got it. Um okay, so Washington State uh up next uh, 12 at the same time 12:30 Pacific time uh CBS, we have Washington State at Wyoming. Rob, we'll just let you take care of this one cuz I don't know too much about it. What do you think? Well, first of all, you're playing at the highest college football stadium in America, 7,200 feet uh, in Laramie. Uh, no, I watched the Wyoming play uh, New Mexico State. Um, the Wyoming offense looked 
pretty good, although they had some moments where they left themselves with third and long. Um, Craig Bull runs a power uh, a power running game, so it's A and B gap running. Um, I but the the Wyoming defense looked phenomenal. Um, I think this could be a really low scoring game. Um, Washington state's offense was not great last season. Um, their defense is pretty good and projects to be good again this season. I think Wyoming's defense is going to be better than the model projected them. Um, they really mauled New Mexico state. Um, and I think Washington state, uh, they could face some pressure, uh, from this team and, uh, that this Wyoming team with a good defensive line and some ball hawking safeties, uh, could first force some turnovers in this game. Um, all that said, I mean, the model does like Washington state to win the game. Um, they've got an 83% win probability, um, coming into this game. Uh, and that's, you know, with the home field advantage for Wyoming, Wyoming's offense was just so bad last season. Um, I think they'll be better than the model projects them. Um, but I don't think that necessarily puts them at a point where they, they, you know, Wyoming probably, like I said, I mean, they probably need to turn the ball over, you know, two, maybe three times to win this game, uh, and not have Washington state cover. So I'll take the Cougs to cover. It's funny in an age where you had one of the top draft picks in the country last year against a Mike Leach offense, you're that you're saying that this is a defensive struggle and it probably will be. I'm going to take Washington state though. I just think they're going to have better depth. I like their defense and uh, I think they'll be able to pull out. What do you think, Rick? I'm going to go against the grain with all the transition, the changeover um, to the coaching staff and to the players. I'm going to go ahead and take Wyoming on this one. Okay. All right. Let's move on. 1 p.m. Pacific time at Pac-12 Network. UNLV goes to the Coliseum to play USC. USC is a 25 and a half point favorite. I don't have a ton on UNLV. I mean, like, because I actually did research on it. There isn't a ton to talk about. They do have a sophomore quarterback who, as a freshman, uh, had 1,400 yards, six touchdowns, five interceptions through the air. He's a dual threat quarterback. His name's Armani Rogers. He had 780 yards on the ground, eight touchdowns. He averaged five yards a carry. He's quite good. And he didn't play the whole season last year. So just really interesting. Obviously I think the SC defense is going to bottle him up. They also have a a running back Lexington Thomas who averaged 6.3 yards a carry last year, uh, 1300 yards, seven touchdowns. So there are two like legitimate players on this offense, but I don't think the defense there, I don't think that anything else is going to push me towards thinking that USC, He's not going to destroy UNLV at home. Give me, uh, give me the the Trojans. What do you think, Rob? Yeah, I mean USC again is a they're they're such a big favorite. They're a ninety eight point five four win probability in this game. Teams in that range are usually at least thirty point favorites uh, in the game. Um, I think USC covers this pretty handily. And uh, I'll go ahead and take USC. Um, they, you know, even at that 25 and a half, um, there's not a whole lot that uh, I know about UNLV, but I know that UNLV against big time teams, um, you know, tends to fold up and uh, it's it's going to be nasty. So I'm going to go ahead and take USC uh, to cover that 25 and a half. All right, moving on. I think this is a really interesting game, mm-hmm. and I, I love Cal in this game, by the way. I'm just putting me on the record for having got um, <laughs> Cal Ted's North Carolina at home. And on paper, it would seem like, oh, North Carolina, this could be a good matchup. This North Carolina team is not good. They were terrible on offense. They were terrible against the run. If you're playing fantasy uh, college football, like Patrick Laird is going to have 150 yards in this game and like two <laughs> touchdowns. He's going to torch this defense. There are some interesting players on on uh, North Carolina. Anthony Ratliff Williams is an NFL type quarterback. I'm sorry, a wide receiver. 630 yards. He averaged 18 yards per catch and six touchdowns with a terrible quarterback throwing to him. Um, um, you, I mean, I, but that's that's really 
That's all I got in North Carolina. They got a guy named Malik Carney, who is a really good defensive end. He had 12 tackles for a loss last year. He's number uh, 53, so keep a lookout for him. I just think that this is a great game for Cal. You have um, you have North Carolina coming from across the country, that time zone difference. Give me Cal, and I think they, they win this game by like 14 points. What do you think, Rob? Yeah, I'll take Cal. I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take 14 points. Uh, this this game before North Carolina's quarterback got tossed out, and I don't obviously take that under the model. Is North Carolina with a 56? I mean, it's basically a toss up game. North Carolina oh. has a 56 percent chance to win. Um, I don't. I think Cal's got some kinks to work out. I think they maybe win by seven. Perfect. And then um, I, you know, I'm taking a look at this game and I think it comes down to me, uh, the fact that North Carolina has to travel all the way across the country. And then uh, they also uh, suspended 13 players for selling school issued uh, Nike shoes. Yeah. Get that money. Get that money. Speaking of programs whose athletic departments can't get out of the microscope. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Um, how that plays out, I know some of some of the positions are starters. Um, some of those guys um, are backups, but um, I think that's going to be tough, uh, you know, for them to overcome being on the road. Um, it's a 1 p.m. kickoff start, uh, so I'm going to go ahead and take Cal to cover and uh, go with that. Okay. So moving on, four o'clock p.m. Pacific time on ESPN, you have Cincinnati at UCLA. I looked at the line here; it's 16 and a half, and I took a pause, going like, I don't. I don't trust UCLA 16 and a half further that I could throw them. But then I looked more into Cincinnati and this, this offense, their offensive line is a concern. Their offensive sucked last year. Their defense allowed 31 points eight times last year. This is not a good Cincinnati team. Their quarterback, Hayden Moore, uh, throws for 50%, uh, for, I'm sorry, 56%, a little better than 50, but still not great. Their running game is okay. I um, I guess one player to keep a lookout for is uh, Marquise Copeland. He's number 44, uh, 6'3", 290. He had 63 tackles and eight tackles for a loss. That's a big guy to rack up those statistics. I'm going to take UCLA. I actually think that there is some talent here. I know that the offense and defensive lines are concerns, but I don't trust the Cincinnati team and UCLA's at home. So give me UCLA. Rob, what do your numbers say about them? So UCLA projects to have an uh, 83% win probability in this game. Uh, Cincinnati actually projects to improve off of last year. They returned some production. Uh, Fickles improved their recruiting. Uh, 83% is actually comes in right around 10, 11 points, maybe 12 points, you know, in, uh, in the model. So I'm actually going to take Cincinnati to, uh, to, to cover on this. And uh, and taking a look at this game, um, and I really like Luke Fickle a lot. I think he's going to be do he's going to do great things uh, with Cincinnati. They've been st- stockpiling talent um, in terms of uh, recruiting, and uh, you know they actually had the best of five recruiting the last two years. So I think some of that's going to show itself. Um, you know, I know it's Chip Kelly's uh, first run with UCLA, and and you know they still have some uncertainty at quarterback. Um, so I'm actually going to take Cincinnati to keep it close, um, and uh, and it'll be interesting to see how it plays out because I think there's a lot of unknowns with both teams rob what did you we uh, uh, we, got to watch the lines in this game for ucla i mean we've been talking about it all off season i mean 
they're swapping, you know, does boss Tagaloa suit up on one side of the ball <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> to try to play them on both. I mean, there, there's just a lot of uncertainty and they've had guys transferring out left and right on both lines. Okay. And what, what was the probability for UCLA that you had Rob? It was an 83% win probability okay. in this game. So, I mean, UCLA is likely to win. I just, I don't know that they've got it figured out enough in this game. Okay. Uh, moving on five o'clock PM Pacific time at the PAC 12 network bowling green goes to Oregon. Oregon is a third. 31 and a half point favorite. I don't have a ton on Bowling Green aside from their sophomore quarterback. Uh, it's a Jarrett Dodge who had 63% completion rate, but um, oh, he was a freshman. I forgot about that. Yeah, so it was a freshman, uh, 63%, 12 touchdowns, three interceptions. So he could be quite good. He has a guy named uh, Andrew Clare who averaged 6.7 yards per carry as uh, on the ground last year. The defense gave up 500 yards per game last season. Five freaking hundred yards. Um, Ah, but I'm going to wait for Rob. I want to see what his numbers say because I'm just going to go with those. So who do you got, Rob? Oregon's got a 91% win probability in this game, which is roughly three touchdowns-ish. Um, but I think the Ducks are better than the model uh, projects them. Um, I've talked myself into that, particularly on their defense. Um, but 30, 30 points just feels like a lot for a team that I think still has some stuff to work out. I, Arroyo was not the play caller last year. Um, uh I'm going to, I'm going to take Bowling Green to cover on this one. And I'm going to, uh, I'm going to be there with Rob. I think 31 and a half is, is uh, quite a few points for Oregon to put up on uh, Bowling Green. And, and I think Bowling Green will, uh, you know, kind of come out with their hair on fire. You know, you're in a big environment um, in the PAC 12, uh, that stadium will be rocking. So I'm going to take Bowling Green to cover on that too. Uh, this is a tough one. And I realize that I've been taking a lot of favorites. So, but I, I don't want to pick something because it's the, you know, oh, I picked so many favorites. So, therefore, I'm going to switch. It's like going on roulette. Oh, I'm going to take black now because I did red so many times. Uh, yeah, the, the probabilities are not in any way related. Here, here's, the, here's the thing is that, oh, it's, I, I trust Jim Levitt to bottle up this, this offense. And Bowling Green was so bad on defense last year that even with some kinks, I think that that running game uh, will be solid. The one thing is, like, he doesn't have a ton of wide receivers to throw to either. So you kind of go like, Ugh, yeah. but look, okay. So so Justin Herbert always did well against bad teams. I'm going to take Oregon, even though it's a ton of points, and I'm nervous about that. Put me down for Oregon. All right, two more games, and we'll we'll breeze through again. BYU Arizona. Tune in in a couple days for a breakdown of there. Um, UTSA. University of Texas San Antonio. I had to think about that for a second. That hits the pause. <laughs> At ASU, they are a 19-and-a-half-point underdog. Um, they can run the ball. They were 40th in the country last year running the ball on the ground. Uh, Jalen Rhodes, had uh, he was kind of splitting the, the time there at the running back. He still had 659 yards. He averaged about five yards a carry. They have to replace three of five linemen. Their defense lost their defensive coordinator and an NFL prospect in Marcus Davenport. Um, I just don't trust ASU. I don't even at home. I think I think this is a new staff with a new team and they're trying to figure it out. Give me UTSA, but I'd like to see what your numbers say, Rob. So Arizona State's got an 82% win probability. That's that's not three touchdowns worth of points, give or take. So um, I, I like Arizona State, uh, but I don't like them enough to cover in this first game. I think UTSA. Uh, I like their coach. I, I think they could they could get there as far as covering. 
And I'm with you guys. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take UTSA in terms of covering. Uh, I think uh, I, I align with Bryant in terms of the thinking that uh, they've got a new staff, um, new challenges that they're going to have to work through in real-time situations. And I think that the, that's going to prevent um, some of that offensive explosiveness that maybe we'll see a little bit uh, down the way in terms of the season. So uh, I'll go ahead and take uh, UTSA to cover. Okay. Last game, the nightcap, BYU at Arizona, 7.45 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. Arizona is an 11.5-point favorite. I have not done my research on BYU yet, so I'm going to have to lean on you guys to carry me here. Uh, Rick, I saw that you had some notes there on BYU. What do you got? Yeah, so looking at this game, um, you know, I think that there's a lot to pay attention to. Uh, From a BYU perspective, I think, you know, if, if you're looking for kind of the X factors for both teams, I think for us, it's going to be our offensive line and how we how we compete um, you know who's starting um, how they perform against you know as Rob said a lot of blitz a lot of blitzes a lot of stunts um, a lot of um, you know interesting maneuvers on the line I think from their end uh, you're going to have some uh, you know again potential issues with Tanner Magnum you never know what you're going to get with Tanner it's either going to be he's going to play phenomenally and uh, you know look like a you know an all-american type guy um, or he's going to play horribly um which you know was the case last year where he was 50 57 percent with uh, f- uh 1540 yards eight touchdowns and nine picks um before he ended up um telling tearing his achilles so um we'll have to kind of see you know what what they do in the passing game um i think that arizona should have a great shot um to put some points on the board especially with that offense under, under kevin Sumlin. um i'm interested to see how our defense um is is able to uh to show up but again i think the X factor for us is going to be uh, on offense. And so for that reason, um, I'm going to take Arizona to cover um, probably at about 14 or 17 points. The line, I just, but the one thing is I don't know about BYU's defensive line yet. Uh, Rob, do you, do you have anything on them? Like that, that would be the the kind of the deciding factor. Uh, I don't have anything in particular. I mean, like I, I know schematically that, as I said, they like to stunt and twist, um, and that could be problematic for Arizona's young line. Um, but in, a, a factor that's not been mentioned is that Ty Detmer is no longer the offensive coordinator, and he was a major failure <laughs> trying out as offensive coordinator. So that's I expect the offense to be a bit better than they have been in the past. Um, I'm going to I, I got to take BYU to cover. I think Arizona wins the game. I mean, if they don't win the game, then it's going to be a really long season. But uh, I think Arizona wins, but it just – They've got an 82% win probability. I just, that's before we found out we were starting five new linemen in this game. Um, and I, I think BYU will be, will be a little better than their projection with Detmer gone. What do you think, Rick? Yeah, I agree. Um, I, and, and I think that's a great point in terms of the uh, change to uh, offensive coordinators. Um, and it's amazing for as de- good as Detmer was, uh, you know, when he was playing at BYU, man, his offense really stunk. So um, I, yeah. I, I'm i with you. I think the X factor, like I said, was was the offensive line. And, and um, you know, we're, it's, we're going to be basically in wait and see mo- mode. But I would have to think that Khalil's going to present a lot of problems um, from an athletic standpoint. And I think we're yeah. going to get a lot out of our 
backs too that that um, you know especially uh, you know with uh, JJ Taylor if we have uh, you know some athleticism out on the uh, uh, you know in the receiver core um, out in the slot positions um, and we're able to utilize um, our rushing offense uh, you know again that's why I'm kind of sticking to my uh, you know my uh, calculation that you know I think we're going to get over that 11 and a half okay and I think I think Mazzoni's going to – I mean, I like his offense more than I like Rich Rod's offense. I mean, I think Arizona's going to be able to put up some points in this game, even if BYU does put some pressure on Tate. But um, if they put pressure on Tate and they force any turnovers, this could get interesting quick. Okay. I'm going to take Arizona. One last question because I know, Rob, you got to go. If you had two games that you would put some fake money on, what would be the ones that you would pick out? Some fake money on? I mean, I would take Auburn. (laughs) That just seems like too, too few points. Um, I'd also take Washington state because I just think the, is, is I really like Craig bowl as a coach. Um, and I, I really like that defense, but, uh, it's, it's, that's not enough points for a, a, a power five team. I feel on the, on the road, even on the road, I would do Cal and Auburn. And like the runner up being USC just to blow out UNLV. What do you think, Rick? What would be your. Yeah, you just took my two. Um, I, I think Cal and Auburn. Um, another one that I kind of circle on there as well is I, I think. Um, Oregon is going to have a pretty good day. Um, and I know that 31 and a half points is a lot, but I think uh, their offense is going to be off and running and, and uh, will be pretty impressive even, underneath the news. Even if Braxton Burmeister plays the entire summer. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm wishing all the best for all that sudden, kid. But. Pause. Uh, Braxton Burmeister. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. So I, I'm going to go ahead and cheat and just basically go with Brian on that because I think those are the two best picks if you're wagering money. Okay. All right. Well, stay tuned. Again, next week we'll have games to actually break down and new games to talk about. So uh, follow both podcasts on Twitter if you're an Arizona fan, Wildcat Radio AZ. If you are a Pac-12 fan, uh, 12 Pack Radio One Two PAC Radio. Uh, Rob, thank you for coming on our website, Wildcat Radio AZ. Check out Beta Ranks numbers, the breakdowns of every game and then of course all the advanced statistics are on there along with podcasts and articles and etc etc so thanks for tuning in and uh man like three more days off and running yeah all right football (laughs) all right take care guys Oh, hi. It's me again. (laughs) So thank you for listening. Um, As you can tell, we're definitely tooling around with the show, but we will make sure that this is tight. But we wanted to make sure to give you the content while we're doing that. Just know that Wildcat Radio is a very like cohesive, strongly well put together show. And we're going to bring that over here to the 12 pack radio. But again, it's the first week we wanted to get something out for you. So hopefully that was enough information and it was uh, entertaining enough for you to to stick along because we'll be continuing to record weekly. With that said, uh, again, I can't speak highly enough of the dog pod. They're excellent. These guys cover Washington football. I met up with them a few years ago and have been following their podcast ever since. And they did a really good job of breaking down the premier game this week, which is Auburn versus Washington. So uh, you can follow them on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn Radio. You can follow them on Twitter at DogPod. I'm just going to give you a taste, a taste of what you can get if you subscribe to their podcast, which is excellent. So without further ado, the dog pod. Let's get into it on our side, guys. Um, let's talk about this law, Doug. What do you say when UW has the ball keys to the game against these Auburn Tigers? Well, you're not doing me any favors, BT, by uh, giving me the assignment of looking into this Auburn defense because it really could be um, one of the elite units in the nation, specifically on the defensive line. They return nine of their top ten. I mean, as as Brandon said, right, this is probably one of the best units in the country. It's going to be a challenge for any team that they play, including Alabama and Georgia, and it really underscores how badly we need uh, Trey Adams in this game. 
because they are going to be bringing it. Um, Dontavius Russell. Some of these names are just are gems, by the way. He's the senior nose tackle, 6'3", 310. And then you got Derek Brown, their junior defensive tackle, 6'5", 316. So definitely a ton of size up front. Um, combined for 15 sacks and tackles for a loss last season from the inside, those mm-hmm. two guys. Yeah. So uh, they do lose their All-American defensive end, who's Jeff Sensei Mud. Holland, um, but they have a pretty highly recruited group coming in, including Markavius Big Cat Bryant on That's the right. edge. Um, so yeah, this defensive line definitely a force to be reckoned with. Um, although they do lose that All American, they're bringing back plenty, and uh, I think this is going to be a big challenge for the Huskies, p- particularly because this is the first game out of the gate, right? I mean, you haven't had a tune-up against. Now, granted, the Husky offense is practicing against a pretty good defensive line over there. So that's more than, like, Oregon State's going to be able to say against Ohio State coming up this week. Um, but just something to keep your mind on. Um, in the back seven, I think that's kind of, particularly in the in the secondary, that's kind of where Auburn is shows up as the weakest, in my opinion. They haven't had an all-SEC linebacker since 2004. And two of their three starters are returning this season, and th- but those guys are solid. Neither one is a standout. Neither one even made kind of the top uh, three uh, or so all-SEC teams. And then in the secondary, they've recruited pretty well. Uh, they have six incoming freshmen, um, but they're graduating three starters. So three out of those four guys are going to be new, and this really isn't a proven unit at this point. And, I mean, you just got to love Smoke Monday, right? Smoke Monday uh, is going to be one of their freshman DBs who we could see on the field. Um, so we talked, uh, you know, I think in, in the first, uh, in the offensive preview show about how this is really Jake Browning's team. And he hasn't necessarily guided this team to a big win out of conference, but this is, this is definitely his chance to do that. I mean, the Huskies are going to be challenged to run the ball and pass protect against this Auburn defense, but that's precisely what we're expecting them to do best this season. This is kind of a strength-on-strength situation. Um, Another issue, I think, is going to be the tight ends. Um, Typically, against an athletic, burly defensive line, you know, you need, like, kind of a quick outlet type of play. Um, And then, you know, if if you need to bring them in for blocking help uh, because you're not getting the protection you need. So this is a huge game for Drew Sample, the senior tight end. Uh, Huskies are going to need him in a big way as well. I mean, really just everyone is going to need to show up on the offensive side of the ball. And and this is also the big test for a pretty young and relatively inexperienced receiving core, uh, which we talked about in the offensive show. This is a group that um, they're going to need to be crisp. They're going to need to be sure-handed for their quarterback, uh, who's going to be under some pressure in this game. They're going to need to get open for him. All in all, yeah, this is a really tough matchup um, against the Auburn defense. I think that's kind of the, the matchup I think that we will be looking to that's going to control the control the outcome. Yeah, you know, can can Jake win the big game? You know, that's that's going to be one of the storylines in this. Um, you know, one of the couple of things that we saw against um, Auburn and Penn State as well that I'm going to be seeing, uh, looking out for to see if it replicates is, you know, a lot of wrinkle plays with the tight end misdirection kind of coming back across the field and then Jake looking for him, um, you know, as a, as a second option or so. Um, it, it, gosh, I think the scheming is going to just be so important in this game too. Um, and you know, at first I wouldn't be surprised if they start with 
you know, um, some stuff to get those backs out of the backfield from a Husky perspective. Um, you know, not really trying to run, um, you know, the one or the two hole, <laughs> right. Kind of stuff, but like maybe some quick flares to, um, to Savon and, uh, miles and, uh, see if they get the offense going in that perspective. Yeah. This is a team that beat Auburn or sorry, that beat Alabama and Georgia last year. Yeah. So, I mean, Put up 42 against Texas A&M, 40 against Georgia. 52 at Arkansas. Unreal. 52 at Arkansas. Beat Alabama before a couple of stinkers in a row at the same venue against Georgia. Really put up nothing. And then again, that upset against UCF, right? That's the hope. The stadium is in their heads. (laughs) That's right. It's the jinx factor. (laughs) Um, Should we talk a little bit about the defense, guys? So our defense, how are we going to stop this offense, um, what they've done? Jared Stidham, man. 200-plus yards in 10 of his last 11 starts, including 231 against Alabama in the Iron Bowl. If you look at him, real prototype, six foot three, 214 pounds. I mean, what you'd like to see in an NFL prospect. Threw for 3,158 yards, um, you know, close to two-thirds of his passes are completion. So he's there. He's the real deal. Um, they lose carry uh, on Johnson on the, from a running back, but they've got a stable of guys coming in, but that's a big loss for them. The wide receivers, we already heard about them. Some new guys coming in, but big losses, the defensive or the offensive line though. This is where I think is an interesting thing. They've lost four starters. Now they have another four guys coming back who had at least six or more starts, but again, they've lost four starters that's from the opportunity. Big. Yeah. Yeah. So you think about, you know, of, uh, can our defense, our defense really get into uh, Stidham's head, put some pressure on that inexperienced line, um, particularly because the offensive line always takes more time to gel. The defensive line can react more on just physical attributes. The offensive line, are they there yet? Are they prepared for this game? Is their head in the right place? I like our defense at least slowing these guys down to get started. I could see it kind of sparring in the early parts of this game, defense against defense, but I like how we match up against their offense. I think that's the, the delta that we have in, in this matchup potentially. I mean, four and then... All right, all right, there you go. I uh, can't give it all away. There's a... There's some story about a milk and a cow on that front. But no, if you want to uh, hear the whole interview and the whole breakdown of the game, uh, check out their podcast. It's Dog Pod. It's on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn Radio. And uh, we will always be tweeting back and forth with them. They're an excellent follow and are quite fun uh, to watch games with. So uh, that's it. Stay tuned. We're going to be continuing to record weekly. Uh, again, we will make sure to, to tighten up the show. But um, follow us on Twitter. We will be tweeting out uh, information as the games go on. It's one. 1-2-P-A-C radio, 12-pack radio uh, on Twitter. And uh, then next week, we're going to be talking about, uh, we're going to be reviewing all the games and previewing the games that are coming up. We'll see how we did against the spread, and we'll continue that going along. Join our Survivor Pool, Wildcat Radio AZ. There's still time to do that. It's quite fun. And we will catch you next week.